is the old commandment that you've heard when you've, when you've been saved, when you first heard the gospel. And, and Jesus nailed this in, in the gospels. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But he's talking about the old commandment that he's given us when, he, when, when, when Jesus preached the gospel and the gospel came to light. Um, and the new is the new light that is shining in us. And it's, it's here mentioned in the verse 8. Um, if we paraphrase this, um, I'm writing a new commandment of love to you, and the reality of love, of this love, is coming true in him, in Jesus, and then in us, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. So if we say in reverse, since the true light is already shining, the result is that the love commandment has come true in Christ, and is coming true in you, in us. Yeah. Um, can you guys see that on your phones? It's a question, and you guys, I think you just have to type in some words. I have no idea what it looks like on your phones. You get to choose? Okay, yeah, fill it in the blocks. See um, what comes out. What words sum up what Jesus is all about? What is Jesus all about in these commandments? <clears throat> I mean, we've already kind of mentioned it, which is basically love. Is everybody just typing love? <laughs> is that the only way? <coughs> Obedience, grace. Wow. But love is what we're looking for here. Love is the key word that distinguishes us, distinguishes God's commandments uh, throughout the Bible. That's amazing, wow. Right, so the reason the commandment of love is called new in verse 8 is that it is a commandment to be the new light of the world, right? When John says that the light which was hoped for in the distant future of the kingdom of God is already shining, this is what he says in, in, the, Old, in, the, in the Gospels, he means that it is new. It comes first in Jesus, and then it comes in, 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 in the world, and now John commands that it comes into the life of every believer, or all of us, every single one of us around. And like I said before, he already made this um, point. John made this point in the gospel uh, of John, but it, it comes out in, in, in this letter as well a lot. It comes up in a lot of the books in the Bible, to be honest. Um, but the fact that John talks about love and hate in the next verses, 9 to 11 that we're going to read in a minute, suggests that the commandment in view in verse 7 8 is the love commandment from John 13, 34, which says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also, love, you, you, you also are to love one another. So to sum it up, old commandment, new commandment, it's one thing, and they mean love one another. That's like a quick summary of, of what that means. Right. If you go to the next verses and read the next ones. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in, the, in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in, in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know 
where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. But there's a lot of things happening here. Um, so John mentions this commandment of if you hate your brother, you're in the dark. If you love your brother, you're in the light. And it's the new commandment and the old commandment together but of loving one another. And I think what, he's, what John is trying to get at here in this, these verses is that we are either prone to get it wrong or prone to ignore it, you know, to ignore this. And I, we'll get to that in, in, in a bit. Um, but interestingly, he doesn't say love God. He says love your brother. He doesn't say love God. And, but it, but it, and he says, but if you really want to know if you love God or believe God, then love your, love your brother. And so, to paint a picture, um, in Jesus' time, there was these religious leaders um, who would follow, follow the law uh, very strictly and very obsessive, should I say. Like, they were doing everything perfectionists and tried to do everything in great detail um, with, with, with loving God. So they're trying to do that to show that they love God. And they were doing, they're also going to all these church events, worships, prayer meetings, fasting, tithing. They were doing everything possible um, to show that they love God. And so the problem with this is, um, according to Jesus, he said that these guys did all these things. However, they, they did not love the poor. They did not love the ones around them. They didn't love their brothers, and they tried to use the law of loving Jesus, of giving sacrifice to Jesus, to go around to not love their brothers and sisters, their, their, their close friends, their neighbors, everybody in the world, right? And to give you an example, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, when, Jesus was, um, when Jesus said that if you, if you bring in a sacrifice to the temple altar, um, and you bring in there, and at the same time you have a problem, an issue with your brother, um, then leave everything at the altar and go rectify that issue with, with your brother. Um, and in it says, brother, I mean with other person. <laughs> in that time, though, like bringing your sacrifice to God on the altar meant you would probably do a couple of day journey to get there. You'd probably get your whole family to raise this um, animal and then kill it and then drag it all the way to the temple for a couple of days. And so it was a massive thing. Maybe you can think of real life, but we get to that in a second. But <coughs> you were, we, we were, Jesus said to them, leave everything there and go to your brothers and sec, uh, rectify that issue first before you come and give sacrifice. Now, do you think Jesus is saying, love your brother before you sacrifice to God? I think, I believe he's saying that if you really love God, you really love your brother. Like those things don't, can't go, if they're different, they can't go together. You, if you really love God, then you really love your brother as well. That's what it means to love God. Um, and don't use your love for, your bro for God as an excuse to not love the people around you. You know, you are, even... Christians, or however you want to put it, it's everybody around you. Do not use that as an excuse. If you say you love 
God, but hate your brother, you, you, the love of God is not in you. This is why Jesus said to the Pharisees, I desire mercy, um, not sacrifice. And that's how we know we are in the light if we are loving our brother. Now, the next slide, I think it's asking you guys another question. In what ways do we love our brothers? And if, if you know any other ways, I've only put a couple of there, but if you know any other ways, you can shout them out or choose from the list. Or I think you can multiple choose. I don't know. Um, <coughs> in what ways do we love our brother, our brothers, or people around us? In acts, caring, sacrificing our time. Okay. <coughs> so why do we think acts is the lowest one? Why why do we think sometimes we don't love? people in our actions, in what we do. Maybe, maybe we try to avoid them or we try not to meet them face to face because, you know, maybe we know that they're going to ask us a favor or whatever. But <coughs> it's interesting that time is the first one. <coughs> I wouldn't say time is the first one for me, but... Um, But I think we need to start learning to love people in all those things equally, in, in everything we do. And not just those things, there's many other things. Um, and we need to kind of, um, in order to love God, we have to learn how to love others. And we as Christians today, we can use our love for God as a loophole to not love, to not love other people, as I said. We can go back to our old ways to say, you know, this week I've been worshiping all week, I've had amazing worship time, or I've been listening to this amazing music, or worship music, whatever, or I've been going to these concerts or conferences, or whatever, and I've met God in a powerful way, blah, blah, blah. but we forget, we forget to, to think about our brothers, or, or, or we can do these things without loving our brothers. We can go, we can do those things in our weeks without even thinking about other people, without even trying to love one another. And, and so that, I think this is what John is trying to, to get at. Um, Jesus is saying, I show, I show how I love God, but how I love you by, by sacrificing, by surrendering to you. This is how Jesus is telling us. This is how he shows love. This is how we should show love as well uh, to other people. Jesus... Um, Jesus' devotion times, everything that he spent on his own time, like prayer, fasting, tithing, and all that things, he didn't make it a big show of it. He didn't, in the Bible, it shows that every time he did those things, he was either alone or with just a couple of people, a few people, or they even slept. So he was pretty much alone. Uh, and so, but God is saying, do those things as an intimate, private thing, but Show that you, you want to go and love others is the main thing here. Jesus' devotion to worship is always hidden with very few people, more like an intimate thing. But what he wants us to see is loving others, and this is how we know we love God. So it's a test if you think about it that way. If you want to know if, if you're on the right path and you love God, do you love others? Do you love your worst enemy, who you think your worst enemy is? If you think you have enemies, I don't think I have enemies, but if you think you have enemies, do you love them? Do you love the people who you care about least? 
Do you love those people? Do you show God's love by doing that instead of just doing, coming to church or, or being involved in church or whatever? Those are useless if you don't love the other, if you, love, if you don't love other people, if you don't love your brothers, those close ones to you. If you don't love them, what's the point? Because that, that, shows, that, shows, that shows that if you love the others, that darkness gets cast aside. Now, I want to do something different. Uh, I don't think you can do anything on your phones, except love that. <laughs> don't know why you're doing that. Um, but um, if I could get you guys to get into, like, your neighbors. I know introverts, you're going to hate me. I'm an introvert myself. But uh, it's only going to be for a few minutes. If you just turn around to your neighbors, to maybe three, four of you, and talk to each other and ask yourself this question. Does our love for God stop us from loving others? Where do you see that in your life? Where can you see? Obviously, you don't need to share anything personal or anything like that. But if you can just answer that, does our love for God stop us from loving others? And you can, I guess that's a yes or no question, but in what ways could our love for God stop us from loving others? Like more of what we just talked about. <coughs> I'll give you five minutes. <laughs> okay. Some people are still in the middle of it. <coughs> Has everyone managed to kind of um, pick out some of those things? Has everyone managed to, uh, to, to get some, some of the, the things out? No? Nobody? Yeah? Amen? <laughs> okay. Life is not meant to be just us. You know, sometimes I think, when I think about this question is, as I go through life, especially now, you know, I have a family and you start thinking of things in the future, is I just want to go and get away from everybody. I just want to go somewhere really far, where on an island where maybe no one's there, and just me, my wife, and God. You know, that's all I want, right? Yeah? <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. So it's not just me. It's, no. <laughs> but God reminds me every day that the reason we are here on earth is to be around other people. You know, and this is where... God's love actually shines the most is when we're around others and when we show love to other people. And I know that it's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do, especially I know people say like around Christians, it's harder to be around Christians. <laughs> um, but it's true, you know, like maybe God made it that way so that, you know, we're more challenged and, and it, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, but it's the most rewarding one and it's the one that God wants us to do. If I say, God, I want to go on this island and I want to be just with you and I want to do what you want me to do. He will say, go back. Because that's where I want you to, not here. I want you to go back. That's where, you need, where, we, where I need you to be. And so this loving one another, I'm going to segue into a, a, a next section where um, loving one another under, underpins our spiritual relationship with other people. Like fathers, children, 
and young men in the church. And, I'll, and we'll talk about the next verses now. Um, let's read them, shall we? Um, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So we're going to unpack these a bit. I'm going to try and see if I can go back to the first one. Um, actually, I have another slide. So without actually talking about them, I want you guys to answer in your phones or maybe show of hands. Um, what? How do I start the quiz? I think you'll have to do it from there. It doesn't show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I've got it split screen on my phone. I have the Bible and the technology, eh? So you've got to answer. I don't know why it's so short. Yeah, so which one of these do you think you belong to? Are you a child, a father, a young man spiritually in the church? No, 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 no. So, yeah, so this is, everyone can answer. It's, this is not about just men. <laughs> this is intense, isn't it? <laughs> I put like 30 seconds, so it should be enough. Okay, wow. There's no, right, there's no wrong answer to this, because obviously everybody's in a different stage in life. But it's interesting to see nine children, ten uh, fathers, six young men. But we can talk, we, we'll talk about these now. Um, he says, I write to you, dear children, or little children. And in the Greek word, he means little born ones, small ones, baby ones. Um, but this is his general term of the body of Christ. So in a sense, we are all children, not just nine of us. But when he talks here, he talks about all of us. It applies to all of us believers. As believers, we've all started at that point. As children, we all start from there. And so he says, um, I write to you, dear children. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to... Because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Um, and so we all begin our life, our Christian life, as a, ch as a child. So if, if you're not Christian, maybe you haven't started this process yet. But if you are, if you are a Christian for a long time now, you've, you've, you've been here. Or you're still here. I don't know. Um... We are in this state spiritually, and it is enough for us to know when, when we're in this stage, it is enough for us to know that and be amazed at the forgiveness of our sins, right? I don't know um, how you guys um, gave your life to Jesus, um, but I, I, I know, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 13, I came back from a youth camp. And uh, there was an out call, so I came to the front, they prayed for me, and at that point is when I gave my life to Jesus, and I felt a burden lift off. I felt like, do you know what, I don't have to walk around 
you know, feeling guilty. I don't have to walk around feeling like I'm doing something wrong. Because if I, if I accept Jesus, then I know I'm saved. My place is secure. I know that I'm his. So since then, I started walking. I love that verse. There's a verse there on the wall uh, from uh, Franz, um, uh, Francis Chan. Yeah. Uh, what's this? I can't see it because of the light. Can someone read that? <laughs> There's the middle one. I don't know if this is going to go crazy. Uh, when you are running towards Christ, you are freed up to serve, love, and give thanks without guilt, worry, or fear. As long as you're running, you're safe. So that's, it's like you can't do what Jesus has for you if, you, if you're holding on to guilt or to, or to sin or to something that you feel like, you know, God's dealing with sin, it, it's dealt with. That's it. You have to move on. And so this is what happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. I remember I was... God, when God saying the whole world, he forgive me, I knew. I was like, okay, this is it. I know. I don't have guilt now, so I move on. And so this is what God's calling us as children to be. This is the first, this is one of the stages that he's calling us to do. And so this forgiveness is a special joy of God's little children. Because God's forgiveness um, does not come by with different stages or degrees. Um, you can't. It's not something that we've done that we've forgiven. It's, it's the gift of God. It's because of his gift that he's given us. It's not because of a man's achievement um, or, or someone's achievement. It's because um, God's, God's forgiven us and it's a gift that he gave us. And you can't be more forgiven. If you're a father or a young man in the church, you can't be forgiven further on. Um, forgiveness is, happens at the beginning. That's it. You're clean. Um, but the devil, the devil always wants to remind us of who we are and of our past mistakes. And he wants to bring that up. And he wants to show us that you're not who you think you are or you're not actually saved, are you? Or those kind of things. And he comes into our lives and he just destroys us and, and brings that up. And so the closer we get to God and the closer we move on from this stage of growth, the, the harder it is for the devil to, to, to bring that up and, and to make an effect on us. Children's here, he also talks about, he emphasizes in, because if you notice in these verses, um, 12 to 14, he repeats himself. But his, his, um, his grammar uh, uh, structure changes. So he changes his, his tenses. Um, he's saying, I am writing to you, little children. And then he says, I write to you, children, because it's an ongoing process. And um, because you know the Father. And... Interesting here, it doesn't say little children on the second one, only on the first one. And I've done a bit of research, and, and I think it's because it refers to here to us babies, people who are new to Christianity, new to faith, new to Jesus, um, where they, they just need uh, very basic food and, and for, them, for them to grow spiritually. And so a baby doesn't care where he is. A baby never cares if it's in church or outside. or it, They don't care. They care who they see in front of them, right, right in front of them. That's who they care about, the face they see. And so just like babies, when we are children in spiritually in Christ, when we are like in our beginning of our faith, we are aware of God's presence. We tend to be... Um, um, we, became, we, we, we become to be comfortable with what God has for us, you know, and, and babies need to be fed, they need to be 
um, pampered and they need heat, they need all these things. So this is what, how we look like as children in Christ. And this is how, and, and the growth shows that we need to take care of ourselves. Once you take care of yourself and, and, and you, you kind of go after God yourself, that's when you show maturity and that's when you grow into the next um, phase or so. Um, So, as mentioned, food is the, is the sole, sole thing that helps us when we are babies to grow, right, physically. But that relates to the Word. If we don't feed ourselves with the Word, how can we expect to grow? And the Word here, I mean, is the truth that God has for us in the Bible. The Bible. And um, the lack of, of food, of the truth, of the Word, is stagnation. And, and, you know, some people would have known Jesus, known about Jesus for a very, very long time, but they stagnated to the same level. They stagnated to trying to be fed. And it looks weird when uh, us as adults or maybe even young people act like babies. It's really weird. <laughs> We're like, can you come change me or can you give me some food? It's really weird. So we don't do that. But it's the same in spiritual life. We need to grow in, in maturity, and we need to go, um, and there's nothing to stop us from doing that. Um, if I move on to fathers, and when I say fathers, I don't mean just men or people who have children. I mean men and women who have gone in the walk of God for a very long time, and they're experienced, and they have um, they have experience, and and they are spiritually more mature, and if you spend time with God, if being able to take care of themselves. But the difference here, because uh, we're going to talk about young men later on, but the difference between young men and fathers, as a sense, is that a father has children. You can't be a father without children, right? Or a parent without children. Um, I know myself... Oh, maybe I should give this later. I'll give this later. Um, I don't know if I have a next slide. To... So I want you all to go back to that group you've just talked to 10 minutes ago and answer this question um, and talk about this question. How far do you think you've become? So this is like a break in between those two things. How far do you think you've become in your journey or your walk to God? If you, if you haven't, then obviously talk about how you can get on this journey. Um, but if you have, how can you? Uh, um, how far have you become? And what's stopping you from furthering into your maturity in Christ? What's stopping you from becoming uh, a father, you know, to to children in the church, to 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 people who you can support, you can help, people who you can save, or not you can save, but Jesus can save through you, who you can. So yeah, I'll give you another five, five minutes. Talk about that question. Hope it's not too confusing. Yeah, to whatever step is the next. Yeah, not just specific ones. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is about general, like, in your faith currently, not just father or children.
Okay. <coughs> we can talk about it more afterwards <laughs> as well. Uh, seems like deep discussions. I promise, introverts, this is it. No more of these, so you're off the hook now. <laughs> Right. So, fathers. Let's talk about fathers. So I hope you had a good discussion about where you've come, how you've got there, and maybe uh, how far you've come on this journey and, and how you can progress further. But So it says here in verse 13, because, so I'll write to you children because you know the father. So now you know the father. Now you go to the next step. Um, you had your sins forgiven, now you know the Father. So fathers more mature in faith, men and women who, who are more mature in faith. And why? Because they know Jesus. How? From the beginning. It says here, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Um, from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when Jesus started to do, to do his ministry, when he came on the earth. Um, so... Here's a hard question for you. It's not to answer or to talk to anyone about it. Maybe you can think about it uh, when you go home or on the way home. Um, do you know more about him than when you first became a Christian? Do you now know more about him than you first became a Christian? And, it, and I think this is a, a question that we should ask ourselves daily. Um, do we know more about what we knew about him yesterday or, or a couple of hours ago or last week or a couple of months ago or decades ago? Um, because... We need to measure our growth, and we need to see that we're growing. You know, when you go to your, your, your uh, grandma's house, and she's like, oh, my, you've grown so much. But you don't notice yourself growing. You're like, I'm the same. <laughs> um, but she sees something in you that you've grown. And so this way, we need to measure ourselves in growth and how we can grow uh, further, to, uh, further in God. Um, so fathers more senior in the Lord have walked with God a lot more more experienced spiritually, and fathers are the first role model for children. They ought to be there for children to guide them and protect them. Protect them. Um, we need someone like that in our lives spiritually to guide us as well. And if you find yourself to be, maybe we did, when we did that category thing, maybe if you find yourself in the father's category and you've known Jesus for a very long time and you're at the point where... Uh, you disciple people, you bring people to the Lord, are you challenging yourself in that? Are you challenging yourself to, to help the children grow in their faith? Because they need feeding, they need taking care of. Are you able to do that? So that's like a challenge. And I wrote three things that uh, a spiritual father is capable of. And, and these are, the first one is procreation. And so... The spiritual mature are capable of reproduction. And this is the difference between someone who's spiritual mature as a father compared to someone who's a child or a young man. Is you are able to bring people to Christ. You're able to, to disciple people, to mentor people, to, to, and not just, but, but you're capable of doing this because of the extensive experience that you have spiritually in the Lord and the time you spent with the Lord. And this is, this is one of the things. The next thing is confrontation. Um, Paul writes um, in, in to Corinthians, I think it's Corinthians, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you. We need to confront people, you know. And um, 
Here's, a, here's, an, here's another question. Unwillingly, unwilling to confront your children. So those of you who are parents can answer this. Unwilling to confront your children. Is that, does that make you a good... Uh, is that good parenting or bad parenting? It's bad parenting. Um, and so we need to confront the child. If, it's the, if the child is at risk, if the child is doing something they shouldn't be doing, if he's discipling in the wrong way, we need to confront them and show them how, how to do it, how to properly do it, um, and how, um, how to warn them, to lead them, to guide them, to speak the truth as they grow from children to young men to young adults, and so on. Um, and the third bullet is illustration. Sorry, I know that's tiny, um, but it's procreation, confrontation, and illustration. And this is your life as an illustration to others, your life. And I think Paul has, he says that in the Corinthians about his illustration and how he's been in the, in the prison and all that. Um, but li- our lives needs to need to radiate love and, and honor and serving the Lord and, and how, how we do life and how Jesus did it. So we follow him so that other people see that as well and so they can see uh, God's glory. Um, and this is where in, it, it, it's important on our decisions, our words and everything we say, everything we do uh, and, and how we take decisions, I guess. Um, because... When you lead the children, you, you, you don't want to lead them into a pitfall. You want to lead them to God. And so I love when, when little children try to imitate adults, when they try to walk in their footsteps. Sammy's my favorite example. He loves copying people, and he does like, like adult impress, imp, eh, impersonations, I guess. Um, and we don't even notice that. You know, sometimes you can be an example for someone you haven't noticed. Um, Many times I feel like I've touched people, other people's lives, not because of something that I try to do, to specifically do that, but because of how I behaved or how I walked in my life with Jesus, as an example. I feel like that's more for me, that's more common than, than my teachings to the youth group or, 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 or my worship here or, or anything like that. I feel like my example of life is actually more, it's touching more people than... And so, we, so this, these are one things that, these are three things that are really important for a spiritual father to have and is capable to have. Um, 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, sorry, I don't have it up. Uh, it says, for though, for though you have counted as guides in, in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I have become your father in Christ, Jesus, through the gospel. So how many of you are, have one spiritual father in your life? I'm sure most of you will have one. But I think it's so important to look to someone and you can take an example from them, take a page from them and say, that looks like God. That looks like Jesus. You know, there's people in my life that I've looked up to and said, that, is, that looks like Jesus. That's what Jesus would do. And that's, a, that's, that's great. I love that. And that's how I want to do it. And, and that's how I want to become. So we need to look up for those spiritual fathers in our lives. to look out for our spiritual growth because we need to grow from, from maybe the stagnation that we're in or maybe from a different phase to, to maturity. Verse 13 and verse 14 talks about young men. 
He explains why you have overcome the evil one. Young men are representing strength, and they're full of strength, and they're young, and they've overcome the evil one now, and they become, they go into his fathers. And um, for young men, it, does, it doesn't represent just the fact that we know God, keyword know. It's more about do we actually know God himself or just about him? And, and here's where young men take that, um, I guess, um, decision or the different stand where they learned, they, they've become, they've taken care of themselves, they've become strong in their faith, but they, they can use the Bible to live it out, not just to know it, you know? It's one thing to just know the Bible off by heart. I think there's some people out there who, um, who know the, the Bible off by heart, but it doesn't mean anything to them because if you don't live it, it doesn't really have any meaning to you. And so young men is where, is where you start to overcome the evil one. It's when you start to have a strategy for the devil before you enter the fight. You know how to approach uh, situations and so on. And... Um, We need to live the word of God. So the young man also gives us a picture of in a war when you have uh, the young men in the middle, in the front lines. You don't have the senior people there. You don't have the children there. You have the young men, the people who have more strength. They're there in the front line. So these are the ones who, don't, who are not a pushover for Satan. Are you a pushover for Satan? Are you, when he comes with temptation... Is it easy for you to give in, or, or, or is, is, are you a young man who can just push through and say, you know, I'm way past this. I have my Bible. I know what it says in my Bible. And it's like Jesus got tempted in the desert when Jesus just quoted the scripture back to Satan. I know what it says. I know what it says about me. You can't come to me and tell me and push me to say that, you know, otherwise. I know what it means, and I know I, know how, I, know, I, know I can see that. Allow that word of God to live in you. In, in the youth group, um, there's, 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 very, there's a massive spectrum variety of children there with different, different faiths and, and the different uh, maturity to faith. And there's loads who, who, are, who know Jesus and they're, they're, they're walking with Jesus. And, and you could say they're young men who walk with Jesus. And, and, and as a representation of the church, they look to the younger ones to, to help them out, um, to grow them, to, to, to feed them, to, for them, for the other ones to become young men and the young men to, to go on further. And so it kind of helps each other like that. And, but the main key is that word, the word of God. Is, is, that, is that living in us daily? Is that part of our identity? Is that part of who we understand we are? Is that part of who we think Jesus is or God is? Are we, are we, are we making the choices based on what we think or, or how God gave us the strength and the authority? We have so much authority that God's given us. Are we, are we taking steps in faith like that with, with this? Or, or we just we just stagnate in this and be like, it's okay. Somebody else will tell me what to do. Somebody else will come to me and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, God, God is asking us to step forward and, and to, 
and to, in a sense, grow up. You know, he's, he's asking us to always look forward, maturity, and look forward in his love. Um, because, and, and, and the, the connection between these two different sections that I've explained here is that if, if we don't love one another, if we don't love our brothers or neighbors or whoever's near us, then how can we become fathers and spiritually? How can we become young men? How, we can, how, can we, how can we go past children? How can we take those steps? Because we can't do it if we don't love others. We need others to be able to get close to God, and they need us to get close to God as well. And we need to pray for and ask for wisdom, study the Bible, uh, put on the armor that says in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, I think, resist the devil, and, and that's how you overcome. That's how young men overcome. Is that an option do you guys have to do? I don't think so. I think that's the last slide. So my challenge for you, uh, for the church, and for myself as well, it's are we growing in our faith? Are we moving along in what, we, what, what God's called us to do? You know, maybe, called, maybe you've been to church for many years, decades even, and maybe God says, actually, you need to grow up and you need to, you need to now share what I have for other people. Maybe God's speaking to you and you, maybe you're too uh, afraid to say to other people or whatever or, or say here in the front or, or whatever, but... Are we growing? Are, are we challenging ourselves with this question every, mo every morning when we wake up daily? Are we growing in, 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 in this? Are we changing our maturity level? Or are we just staying in the same place? Do we just think, it's okay, I'll just glide or surf? Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think. Uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us this opportunity for us to grow in you, Lord. And we're not persecuted, Lord. We're not hold back by anything else, Lord. And I pray that you will just open everybody's hearts, Lord, that you, you are there for them, Lord, and you want so much more from them, Lord. You have a massive plan for everybody's lives in this room, Lord, in this a town, Lord, in this city, in this country, in this world, Lord, that um, you have so much for everybody, Lord, that you just um, bless them and give them understanding, guidance, and wisdom, Lord, through everything they do, Lord, so that they can look around and they can spot, Lord, uh, where they can be a father for someone else, where they can be uh, a young man for someone else, Lord, where they can overcome the evil in their situations, Lord. I pray for everybody that is blessed, Lord, with your um, with your armor, Lord, and your teachings, Lord, and, and your commandments that you have for our lives. And I pray that um, that resonates with everybody's hearts, Lord, that we need to love one another, Lord. And we need, it doesn't matter who we are, Lord. Um, we need to understand that we need to be together and we need to be in unity um, to, to show love, Lord. And this is how we know that, you that we love you, Lord. And this is how we know we're on the right path, Lord. And I pray that everybody's... Um, can make uh, the distinction between the spiritual matureness and, and, and encourage them, Lord, to be victorious in overcoming the darkness that's upon them, that is coming, or, or that has, is creeping up from behind, Lord. I pray that you would just um, 
you will just break all of that, Lord. In, in your name, Lord, I pray. Amen.